0: Welcome to Keydeck Connect. Our goal is to connect you with VMI Athletics. Today, I'm honored to have Head Football Coach Scott Walkenheim. Coach, thanks for being here today. It's good to
1: be here, Andrew.
0: Talk to me a little bit about coaching and what motivated you to get into that profession.
1: Well, uh, when I was at the Air Force Academy and I graduated before I went to pilot training, I was selected to be a second Lieutenant Football Coach at, at the Air Force Academy. And I was the Junior Varsity Offensive Coordinator and a defensive grad assistant basically in roles. And I just really fell in love with coaching. I fell in love with uh, working with young men, uh, helping them through their first year at the Air Force Academy because I was mostly coaching freshmen and teaching the game of football and teaching the game of life uh, through football. And you know that's still my number one pleasure, pleasure being at VMI and in going into my sixth season you know, bringing in a recruit, watching them mature as young men, and watching them graduate and go on to success off the gridiron really is what coaching is all about to me.
0: Looking back on your coaching career, is there a specific person that uh, has helped maybe shape you into the coach you are today?
1: Well, the biggest impact in my life really are two men. First, my father, who I spent 17 years in his house and him teaching me a whole lot of life lessons, but next was my uh, college coach, Ken Hatfield, who I played for at the Air Force Academy for four years. He gave me my first uh, college coaching job after Air Force at uh, the University of Arkansas as a graduate assistant. And I was with him for a year there. And then I spent uh, 12 years with Coach Hatfield at at Rice University. So spent almost 17 years of my life with Coach. And his leadership, his lessons, the way he lived his life uh, really has had the biggest impact on my life of any man next to my father.
0: Let's transition here into VMI football, and I just want to read off a few stats uh, to you and just get your reaction. So, five wins last year, four and four in the SOCON, most SOCON wins since 1979. Silver Shaco, first time in 17 years. 2019 SOCON Coach of the Year, one of 15 finalists for National Coach of the Year. A win over Sanford, which was just an unbelievable field goal uh, there to send us into time, That was awesome. But since 2014, we had been defeated by Sanford by an average of 35 points. Um, and then we also picked up a win over Chattanooga, the first win over them since we returned to the SoCon. Um, pretty impressive uh, turnaround here for VMI football. What do you attribute that to?
1: Well, I think my staff did an outstanding job. I think Brian Shepard on the offensive side and Billy Kosh, who now is our offensive coordinator, Kyle Jolly at offensive line, Anthony Davis at running back, and then Chris Moore our tight ends coach did an awesome job of getting our offense prepared to be on the attack week in and week out. I think we found an offensive identity that fits VMI and the limitations that we have in recruiting. Uh, We can recruit young men to fit that offense easier than any other offense. I think defensively we made strides all year and Tom Clark, Marshall Roberts Kenny Scott and uh, Pat Koontz did an outstanding job getting our defense ready each and every week. And then our special teams improved immensely. Uh, I think about last year, I cherish it, um, especially the win over Citadel, getting the silver Shaco. It's it's still here in Lexington, uh, COVID safe in Lejeune Hall. So happy to have that going on. But, you know, there's a Fleetwood Mac, uh, don't stop thinking about tomorrow. You know, yesterday's gone. So. Yesterday's gone. Uh, we're thinking about tomorrow. We're thinking about playing football this spring.
0: Right. So you're entering your sixth season. Talk to me and take me back. Uh, you know, five years ago, you're, when you get on post for the first time, uh, what was your like first reaction to VMI? It's obviously a unique place. And then, how did your time at Air Force help prepare you for this?
1: Well, my first impression of VMI and all my impressions of VMI have always been about the cadet athletes. Uh, they get me up to work. They're the re- reason I, you know, just get excited about coaching here. They're they're so motivated. They work hard. They get through tough circumstances. They have grit. They have purpose. They're great brothers to each other. So I was impressed with them from day one for my first time here, for my first time meeting them in the locker room, and I'm still even more impressed today. I think my, th- my time at Air Force helps me in a lot of ways. Uh, living under an honor code, everyone thinks is simple and easy, but it, it does create an added stress in your life because there's a outcome if you fail to be honest, where in life you can say I'm sorry and move on. At the Air Force Academy, one strike and you're out, similar to VMI. So I understand that that creates an opportunity for excellence that can be a little bit stressful on our cadets and also just their everyday life. I know how busy they are with academics, military and football and I realize the importance that the best part of their day has to be football practice and we have to go out of our way to make it fun and we have to be very encouraging in our teaching methods.
0: Can you talk to me a little bit about your coaching philosophy and how you developed that over the years?
1: Well I like to take kids and make them better young men when they're done and I want to coach them for the young man they should be at 40 not for the young man they are right now. So what we might be doing something that's uncomfortable that they're going through at 18 years old, they're gonna be thankful for us when they're 30 or 40 years old. I think players learn by doing, and so we try to do a lot. I think a lot of coaches sometimes fall into the trap of talking too much versus letting the players learn by doing. I think positive leadership is something that I've really grown into. Uh, Players have changed a little bit in how you motivate them, where when I played, you know, coach says, run through that wall, you just ran through the wall. Uh, Later on, players wanted to know, okay coach, why am I running through that wall? And that's where we're at today. Players want to know why you're doing things. And I think that's awesome because they've become more students of the game. And I think they're more invested when when they know the whys of what we're doing things.
0: Can you take me through a day of coach walking on? from start to finish? What does a day look like here? <laughs> well, it depends, if it
1: depends if it's in season or out of season, but I, I typically like to get up early in the morning, somewhere around 5, 5.30. I like to spend some time in the Bible and quiet time with God. And then I like to go for a morning walk of about 45 minutes. Uh, come home, get ready for work. I go into work. I like to have a hot cup of coffee. Um, and then I start watching football film. And lately, it's uh, been a little bit less film and a more, lot more planning. Uh, the COVID protocols and plannings change pretty much weekly, and so you got to be up to date and moving. I probably have written five or six different fall training, spring training plans, and and now we're executing them. So, but throughout the day, you're just watching film, you're handling things that come up, whether it's a you know a cadet issue, whether it's a coach issue. Uh, you're spending times between as a head coach between offense, defense, and special teams, budgeting, fundraising. So you, you wear many hats, but then once 4 o'clock rolls around and now it's uh, 4.35, the players are here, we're on the field, or we're in the weight room, and it's, it's all about them. Uh, also, a big chunk of time is recruiting, evaluating high school film, talking to high school coaches, calling kids, writing letters, uh, Twitter messages to them through DMs, and just trying to make the program exciting. Similar to this podcast, we're always trying to get VMI football on the tips of the tongues of the recruits we're reaching.
0: What are some of the biggest challenges as VMI head football coach?
1: Uh, every colonel that walks around post is your boss, and he's got a better play to <laughs> run on Saturday. So <laughs> that's probably the biggest challenge. But I enjoy that; it shows that they're interested. So, and sometimes they they're right. You know, that's that's the funny thing. You know, an alumni will call and they say, "Hey, coach, you know, you know, I, I don't know about those Mercer three passes down there on a rainy, windy day." And I said. Yeah, I'm with you, but what about that fourth and one at the Citadel when we were in empty and threw the fade to Jay Harris? You like that call? <laughs> yeah. you know. So, you know, if they work, it's good. If they don't work, it's not good. But I agree with them. You know, hey, we probably should have ran it three times against Mercer. But uh, that's probably the most difficult stuff. And, and then um, I think, you know, constantly being aware of that our kids have a lot on their plates. You know, that a young man comes down and maybe he's not practicing well, but he, he might have taken two tests. He might have had a sweat party that morning, he might have had some military training and just constantly being aware that our young men are are taxed at many levels and trying to be empathetic to that.
0: Well, I credit this to your leadership, but, and and I think we're not the only FCS school that experiences this, but um, we've had a lot of assistant coaches turnover and I know that's challenging to to be able to handle during the recruiting process and all that. Um, how how has that impacted you, and how have you been able to keep things moving forward?
1: Changed the way we recruit it. Uh, changed the way I am in recruiting as compared to other head coaches I've worked for. So I think the most important thing we can do is recruit better football players, better cadets, better students to come to VMI. And so I'm involved in every single recruiting decision. I watch every film. I get to know every single prospect that they're recruiting which is very time strenuous on me. We also recruit in teams so we have an area recruiter and we have a position coach recruiter so at the very least each recruit knows three VMI coaches pretty well. The area coach, the position coach and the head coach and then you know, I work at it like I was an assistant coach. I drive on the road pretty much by myself, I'm not driven, I'm not chauffeured around I cover a lot of miles in season when we're recruiting and I'm on the phone a lot, but uh, it's played huge benefits. I think right now, if you come to a VMI football training session, which we're doing now, and they are open, so you can come, you just gotta be socially distanced and wear a mask. But we don't look like the VMI team that was here six years ago when I got here. We're bigger, we're stronger, we're faster, we're more athletic, we're more talented.
0: Does Coach Walkenheim have a pre-game ritual
1: not really, um, I don't like pregame that that that's my least favorite part of coaching has been my entire career. i i, I don't like pregame warm ups because you can't tell how good your team's gonna play from them, and it's just two hours prior to kickoff, and I just can't wait till we kick the ball off and start playing. It's just you think about everything that might possibly happen in the game, and you know you just gotta kind of put that out of out of your head. so, not really a ritual, I, I think praying for the game to start quicker is probably my number one ritual.
0: All right, let's talk COVID a little bit. And sure. I want to break it down into two parts, all right? Yep. We're, uh, we're getting ready to start spring ball last March. The cadets go home before spring break, so you didn't right. even get a spring ball practice in. Right. Talk to me about how you and your staff had to adapt to the Corps being sent home, everything being done virtually throughout the rest of the semester and the summer, which is an important part too.
1: Correct, the first thing you gotta do is uh, impact your attitude, you know. So there's a saying out there, uh, so what, now what? So that was the first thing that we had to get to. Okay, this is happening. Obviously this is not what we planned to happen, but hey, how are we gonna take advantage of it? So that's the first thing we went to do, and we had to first motivate our players, let them know that hey, we're gonna have football, things are gonna be good, we're gonna stick by you. And then you got to learn new technologies and how to use them effectively, and then you got to stay up to date with the NCAA rules so you don't so you don't break them. And they were changing daily, and so you know what you could and could not do was changing daily. So we wanted to be on the front end of that, not the back end. And I think we did an excellent job. You know, we got very, very familiar with Zoom. Uh, we had Zoom meetings with our players. Uh, We adapted how we use Zoom meetings to be more effective. You know, we started off with video and teaching and realized that video doesn't transfer well, especially if somebody doesn't have good internet connection at their house. So we quickly went to walkthrough learning, which goes with our learn by doing mantra. And uh, just stay in touch with all of our kids. Uh, Very little team meetings because the more people you get on Zoom, the less effective it is and so we tried to do it in position groups and then what I did is I tried to call every player on the team once a week and talk individually with them and just see what their concerns were and check up how are things at home. And I thought we did a really good job and our kids came in when we had them, uh, our freshmen this summer for a brief period of time, came in knowing the offense, defense and special teams stuff and then when we had our kids for six practices and training camp um, thinking we were gonna play, we were ahead of schedule and to our kids, benefit, they were in great condition, and I thought we were ready to roll.
0: Yeah, let's talk about those first six practices. You get everybody back, you start training camp, you get six practices in, and then you, you hear that the season's been postponed. Um, what, did, what did you as a coach, uh, what was your message to the team?
1: I told them that we're immediately gonna get to work on being the first SOCON championship football team in the spring. And I believe in the six practices that we had, uh, as good a team as we've had here at VMI, that we could step on the field against any so kind of opponent and be competitive in that ball game. And I thought we had as good a chance as anybody to win the Southern Conference Championship, and I still believe that today. So that was the first thing. We had to, you know, talk through a lot of different things, different questions, concerns that the young men had. Hey, how does this affect my scholarship? What does this have to do moving forward? Some of the answers we didn't have, you know, right then and there. But when they went home, we went back to meeting with them via Zoom. We started talking about them when they were going to be back. And we started working on our NCA plans. What can we do when they do get back? And I think we've made great use of our time, and our team is getting better. You know, We had a training session Saturday uh, that we had a seven-on-seven pass skeleton at, and some team versus self work that, uh, on film, we've really improved. And I like where our team's going.
0: What have you and your coaching staff had to do as far as adjustments? Um, I think the NCAA is allowing you to have a spring ball Correct. Uh, this October. Right. Um, so what kind of adjustments have you had to make on that end?
1: Well, we're on a 12-hour schedule now and the biggest adjustment is giving them two days off. So first of all, coming up what two days you have off. and. You, what you have is limited space at VMI, which all schools are dealing with, not just us. And then you have limited time. And we have less time this year because of the COVID procedures and protocols that have taken place on post. And so for instance, we have 28 showers, so we can only tw- shower 28 people at a time. So it's kind of like the Ratline showers. They got 10 minutes to shower, four minutes to get dressed and get their mask on because you can't have exposure in the locker room. Once it gets to 15 minutes or more, The contract tracing steps in so within 14 minutes we want them six feet away with masks on so we shower different we lift in the weight room different Um, we have to limit how many people are in the weight room at a time and then we so we rotate all of our rotations between we have a team on the field training we have a team in the weight room training we have some guys in recovery training or getting treatment some guys showering some guys in meetings and so i have to kind of monitor that all the time because all my other coaches are busy handling meetings and such. so It's been challenging, but our kids have done an excellent job with it and uh, excited about how they've embraced the change.
0: Well, I know you only had six practices with them, but were there any big surprises that stood out to you through those six practices?
1: Big surprises that stood out? uh, We're really deep on the defensive line. That's not really a surprise. I think we looked the part at linebacker. We're young in our backup linebackers. I was really impressed with the way our secondary was playing. I think we've got some really good players at safety and A.J. Smith, Ethan Castleberry, Ty Cloyd, and Josh Sherratt. Four proven stars. Algerique Maury is really doing good at corner. A Freshman Alex Oliver stepped up. Really looks good as a freshman corner. Uh, Jerry Rice has looked good as a kicker. Offensively, our low O-line is uh, big and strong and as good an O-line as we had. Uh, Leroy Thomas is healthier faster than I thought. Uh, Jake Harris and Reese Yudinski are, are really getting it done, and Corey Brydie's going to be a solid running back. Um, so nothing that really surprised me. Those are all things I kind of expected. I was surprised in how good a condition they reported in. I, I, I thought we wouldn't be in as good a shape being away for as long as we were, but uh, I was I was I thought we could have got been ready to play the first game and been in pretty good shape, so that was my biggest surprise.
0: Yeah, looking forward to the to the spring season, which sounds like is is going to happen, and probably looking at a mid February start date. Let's talk about that team a little bit, um, and obviously we'll we'll start with uh, Reese Udinski on the offensive side, proven leader, um, puts up good numbers. Talk about Reese a little bit for me. Best
1: best quarterback in Division One FCS football, in my opinion, uh, very accurate, uh, very decisive, and tough, and that's what he does extremely well. And The players know he's tough, he'll stand in the pocket, he'll take a hit, he'll make the correct decision and he'll deliver the ball accurately. Knows our offense, student of the game, outstanding football player, thrilled to have him as our quarterback.
0: Without giving too much inside information, you have a transition at offensive coordinator. Will we see any different Schemes or anything on the offensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah, we're going to still we're going to stay in our base air raid style of offense or base up tempo style of offense. I just think that fits VMI and what we do. I think it fits our recruiting window. I think it's easier to recruit a slot receiver than it is to re- recruit a wishbone halfback. Uh, we've been able to recruit length in the offensive line at receiver, which gives us some mismatches that VMI hasn't had. In the past, uh, you know, Billy Kosh is our new offensive coordinator. You know, Billy played uh, at the University of Houston. Uh, Billy's dad, Chris Kosh, is a long-time defensive coach in in college coaching. Billy will add his own unique spin and style. We've I've nicknamed the offense Billy Ball. I don't know if Billy likes it, but uh, the players and coaches do. So, it will be a little bit different, but not much, much to the average fan you probably won't notice anything. Uh, to, to a coach, you'll say, okay, they're doing a little bit more of li- this, a little bit less of that. I really like Billy's en- energy. His leadership's been great, and the players have uh, just thrived under him.
0: Um, obviously, last year we, we showed signs of a really strong running game. Can you talk about how Corey Birdie would, um, is gonna continue that this year?
1: Yeah, well, Corey was a fifth in the nation in kickoff returns, and so you can see he can run the football. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. You know, Alex Ramsey's really a tough hammer and a really stubborn runner in that he would not go down. Corey's a little bit faster, niftier type runner, catches the ball a little bit better out of the backfield. I think, you know, a lot of our ability to run the football is our willingness to throw the football. So in the wishbone, you can throw for big chunks of yardage because everybody's worried about stopping the run in the air raid. You can run for chunks of yardage because everybody's worried about stopping the pass. But our biggest improvement in the running game was our offensive line able to at least get a tie and often win their one-on-one blocks. So when people had a light box against us, we had some big runs.
0: Talk about the receiving core. Obviously, Reese has had a a few nice targets to throw to as well.
1: Yeah, you get Jake Harris back who is a a mismatched nightmare for some teams because of his length and height. Great route runner, hard worker, strong hands, really like uh, Jake coming back. Uh, Leroy Thomas is coming back off an ACL. He had 52 catches before he went down on Furman, was leading our team in receptions before then. Really is a strong receiver. Good player from Roanoke, Virginia, Patrick Henry. Like Max Brimjan coming back for his sophomore season. And then Michael Jackson is also a very good receiver. And Michael really had a good day this last Saturday, uh, stepping up to the dominant receiver. I think he could be when we recruited him. Again, kid from Richmond, Virginia. Good size, 6'2", 6'3", strong hands, strong route runner, great personality, and I think uh, we've got some good depth with some freshmen coming in. And Chance Knox, Solomon Dunn, Dre Cooper, uh, Julio Da Silva, so I mean, a lot of young targets coming in there that are gonna help Reese out.
0: Let's transition over to the defensive side of the ball, a group that I thought uh, improved tremendously last year, second best red zone defense in the SoCon. I know this is a little bit of offensive stat too, but turnover margin, second in the SOCON. Our defense created turnovers last year along with special teams. Talk about that group a little bit.
1: I think we'll be even better this year. We got the most depth on the defensive line we've had. Um, You know, Jordan Ward is going to be wearing number zero, and he is really the leader of our defense and a great student, honor court member, um, engineering major. Uh, I think it was second the SoCon and TFLs, but really a good football player, great leader to have there. Warren Dabney's really coming on. Eric Weaver is really coming on. So I think our defensive line will be very solid. Uh, we got a middle linebacker named Stone Snyder. I mean, what better name can you have for a middle linebacker than Stone? Good young man, again from Richmond, Virginia. Uh, Noah Delaney Manuel's coming back off injury, and Carter Johnson on the outside like them i talked about the safeties earlier in the podcast really good there and i also talked about our corners so i think we got our best defensive group coming back and with solid depth and really excited about coach clark's unit uh, getting on the field next year
0: i'd be mistaken if i if i didn't mention carla walkenheim in this interview and (laughs) and you know being able to become friends with a lot of coaches here at vmi and understand the time that they're away from their family talk to me about the importance that she's played in your life throughout your coaching career
1: Oh, Carla, you know, um, she's just awesome. You know, from the first time I met her, you know, I was at uh, the Arizona State Sun Devil House with a bunch of pilots, and she came up and asked me to dance, and, you know, from then on, you know, we kind of, the rest is history, but, you know, she's, she's an unbelievable coach's wife. You know, I think coach's wives have to be a couple things. Number one, they have to be independent and strong when you're away, but then they also have to be loving and caring for when you're home, and Carla does a great job of, balancing those things. Uh, she loves the, the players and we have them over for dinner often. She comes to practice almost every practice and is out there hanging out. And she's also a volunteer swim coach here. But, you know, her support, her ability to run off ideas off of. And, you know, some days as a coach you have a bad day, you need a, you need a shoulder to cry on. And uh, she's there to uh, support me and encourage me and uh, couldn't do it without her
0: and you've got two sons that i know you're, you're proud of one's flying in the air force correct yep, and yep. the other one is following in your footsteps in the in the coaching profession um and you're also a new grandfather so correct. congratulations on that talk yeah. to me a little bit about you know, your two boys
1: <laughs> well there's there's no better um compliment than for someone to kind of imitate your life and My oldest son, Kyle, is doing what I couldn't do. I washed out in pilot training in T-38s and, you know, my son has completed uh, T-38s and he's in IFF training right now and and is doing a good job flying uh, the the aircraft uh, that he's training in right now and hopefully uh, he can get through all the steps and be flying F-22s when it's all said and done. He's married to Martha, who's a nurse anesthetist, and they uh, just had a, a baby boy, Oliver Scott Walkenheim, and he's an awesome young man and uh, he's, uh, you know, both my sons are awesome. My second son, Tyson, actually coached here at VMI for two years. Uh, He coached the tight ends as a volunteer coach. Uh, Coach Ryan Swingle, who was an all SOCON performer. He then went to Georgia Tech uh, for three years as a graduate assistant. Now he's at the University of Indiana as a graduate assistant. Uh, I think he's an outstanding young man, an outstanding coach. Uh, He's still single out there ladies and uh, i think he's pretty good looking so uh check him out in the indiana site and, and shoot him a, a direct message on twitter and maybe uh, you two can uh, go out on a date or something
0: coach we'll wrap this up with a little fun rapid fire session here okay so i'm asking a quick question and you give me a okay. response all right you haven't ate all day you're starving it's dinner time what's your go-to meal
1: steak steak gotta have a steak yeah medium rare steak uh, I like sweet potato fries now Ooh. and some uh, garlic spinach. Perfect.
0: Yeah, it sounds good. Making me hungry. Alright, what's an item off of your bucket list?
1: That I've already done?
0: No, that you want to accomplish. Yeah. Win the
1: SOCON Championship.
0: Favorite book I know you like to read?
1: Oh, gosh. Uh, there's too many to think. Right now the first one coming into mind is Good to Great. I think that's really yeah. a great leadership book. I got a lot out of that, um, but there's several. Um, books that I've read in my life that have impacted me. The biggest thing right now is emotional intelligence has been impactful here at VMI. Mm-hmm.
0: What is your favorite hobby outside of coaching?
1: I like to train. I like to athletically train. You know, as was younger, I did triathletes, I did CrossFit for a while. Now I, I like to go on walks and do some different pull-ups, push-ups, lifting things, but I like to stay in physical condition.
0: If you weren't a coach, what would you be? Um,
1: well, it depends. You know, what I, What would I want to be or what, what would, I, what would, would probably <laughs> happen? A uh, rock star. I'd like to be a rock and roll star. I'd like to play lead guitar and be a lead singer and, and do that. That'd be cool.
0: Oh, wow. Coach, yeah. thanks for joining us today. Appreciate yeah. it. Good luck this upcoming spring. I'd also would like to take this moment to thank all of our KEDEC Club leadership members for their continued support for VMI athletics. <laughs>